Hello people, welcome to Pro Masterclass. My name is Tola T.A. Alabi. And um, just to give some context, we're still in January 2024. And um, why I'm giving this context is because I, I want to tell you what my thoughts have been from very early in the year, in the beginning of the year, the, the um, first few days of the year. You know, usually I don't... Um, record content or put out content um, in January. I don't do that. I don't start recording content or um, having speaking engagements um, till February. So people in my mentoring group know that I, I resume work in February. Um, for two reasons. I try to retreat in um, January to try to think and try to rest also in January. Um, because, I, because I live a pretty um, active life in terms of engagement, and um, especially since I started teaching and speaking, um, I, 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 I have a lot of interaction with people, multiple interactions with people every day. Um, and um, it can be, can be pretty draining mentally. It can be. So a lot of times I use generally to just retreat and try to rest and try to read books and stuff like that and pray. Now, this year, I, I felt a strong lead to just get into it, get to work. Um, because, you know, once we started this year, I, I had this thought that you cannot afford to take a break like you have been previous years. Um, because the devil is not taking a break anymore. He's starting out very early on people's minds and bashing their minds from the get-go, from that happy new year, 12 midnight, he's, he has, he's on the offensive. Um, so he's not taking a break anymore. You understand? He's not giving people that January to catch their breath anymore. No, he's starting from the very first. And, you know, for me, it was very... Um, very evident, especially you know here in Nigeria, where people, where, where there was now a general theme for the year amongst young people. I don't think it has ever been where young people just say this is our theme for the year, and where people just gather and say our theme for the year is um, no grief for anybody. Normally, churches have themes for the year, but just ne not not never the online community. Or the Twitter community, you know, it has never been like there's never been a community of young people online to say this is our theme for the year, but it happened for the first time this year, and I really believe um, it was the devil just starting out and just saying, okay, we are going to get ahead of these churches that have stuff this year. We are going to have a, we are going to have a general theme for the year, no grief for anybody, and um, and I'm and I'm going to say this. Um, as clearly as I can on this podcast for those who choose to listen um, please don't adopt that for your year no grief for anybody don't don't let it sip into your mind don't even say it playfully that's how serious don't don't don't, don't even adopt it playfully it is a very dangerous mindset very dangerous mindset you don't want to go into the year with that um, but when that happened I realized mm, Everybody's starting early. You need to start early. Because if you don't start early, you by January, you would have, you have a lot of bashed minds lining up at your door. 
and there will be a lot of there will be a lot of um, um, already minds in a very very bad state that it's going to take a lot to revive them just in that how many few weeks of January. Um, so that's why I've started early this year and um, it's a strong leading I have and I want to thank you guys for starting out early with me too. I thank you for everyone giving feedback on um, the first few um, podcasts we've had this year. So today I want to talk about um, the story of two walls. The story of two walls. Um, um, and, and, and today I'm going to be reading from the Bible and a lot of the context I'll be giving would be from the Bible. And I, I have a strong feeling that a lot of what I'm going to be saying this year is going to come from the Bible. Um, so you want to strap yourself in. And um, again, I would encourage people, do not think of it as a, um, as a preaching. So you don't close your mind and just say, okay, I'm not of this religion, I'm not going to listen to this. Um, because you read books um, from people that are atheists. You get lectured by people in your schools um, that don't have the same um, um, beliefs, spiritual beliefs as you. You're in professions and, you know, you, you get guided by these people. Don't see this as any different for now. So you don't close your mind because this message is for everyone and anyone can get something from it. Um, and I do hope you take your time to listen to it. Um, so I'm going to read from from... from the Bible, um, from the book of First Kings. Now, I personally was led to read the book of Kings in January, to just go through it. I did it last year, I'm doing it this year, and I would recommend it to anybody who, who feels a leading to do it too. It's funny I use that word leading, because um, Kings, the book of Kings is about leadership. Now, you might say, I'm not a leader, I'm not a leader. No, 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 everybody's a leader. You are, the, you are, you are, you are leading your life, you understand? Um, so if you want to get to lead your life well, first of all, I advise read the book of Kings. It comes in two books, First Kings and Second Kings. It's a book in the Old Testament in the Bible. Try to read it. You understand? Try to read it. I would recommend you read it. Even if you're not a Christian, I would say get a couple of the get, get a copy of the, the Bible from a Christian friend or something like that and just read the book of Kings. You understand? It's there, Old Testament. There's a book of content in the Bible for every Bible. Just look for Kings, First Kings, Second Kings, and um, read read it. You understand? If that's all you get to experience, just read it. Um, it teaches you how to lead your life, and teaches you how to lead other people. So other people can be other people in your life. If you're a man, you have a wife. You have children. If you're a woman, you have children. You have a husband. Um, if you are if you're a worker, you have some people under you. Everybody's leading some people at the one at one stage or the other. If you're a child, you're at firstborn, you're leading other people. You understand that kind of thing. You're secondborn, you have you have siblings. There's always someone you're leading. Um, so it teaches you leadership. So I highly recommend the book of First Kings and Second Kings. I will recommend it before I recommend any other self-help book in the world on leadership. Um, so please read it. And I'm going through it right now again. Um, but I came, across, I came across something interesting in First Kings. And when I was reading First Kings, I got to First Kings 16. First Kings 16. 
and this was talking about um, a king called King Ahab. So from verse 29. But what I want to read is from verse 34. So this was talking about the reign of a king, King Ahab, who was a very... Um, He's a very popular king in the Bible, but not popular for the right reasons. He was a very wicked king, and he was um, his his condition was worsened by the fact that he he married um, um, a, a woman that was even more wicked than he was, whose name was Jezebel, who, who a lot of people know in popular culture today. Um, so this was during his reign, and it says it was during the reign of Ahab that Hiel Hiel. Now, take note of that name, H-I-E-L. A man from Bethel rebuilt Jericho. Now, I would stop there, but it goes on. So, Hael. A lot of you might never have heard of Hael before. I'd never heard of him until I came across him here. I said, a man from Bethel rebuilt Jericho. Now, let, let me go to Jericho. Now, this is the first wall I want to talk about. There are two walls that... Um, were highly emphasized in the Bible, have popular story. The wall of Jericho and the wall of Jerusalem. Um, both walls, at one time or the other, was destroyed by people, by civilization. Now, this was back then, many years ago, when there were no countries per se. They were just settlements of people. So you didn't have to live in a particular geographical environment. You just had to conquer some people, take over their houses and just expand like that. So there were settlements of people, tribes with the same values and worship the same God and stuff like that. Um, the same beliefs. So um, there was this place called Jericho, um, which was at that time a strong city, you understand? Um and it was destroyed thousands of years before Christ. It was destroyed by the Israelites. It was attacked and destroyed by the Israelites. And in destroying it, um, a very sensational story of how the wall was destroyed by the Israelites blowing horns and shouting praise. Um, and the wall came crumbling down. So it's a very popular story in the Bible, the wall of Jericho. And it was destroyed in such a spectacular way. And um, why when it was destroyed, the city was um, burnt down, burnt down to the ground. Only one family was spared. Every other person was destroyed and every other thing. So that was the destruction of Jericho and its wall. The wall was destroyed. The gate was pulled down. So when the Bible says gate, it talks about the walls. Now, walls were very important in that time. What it did was walls defined a, a people, you understand? And so they could choose whether you come in or you go out. You understand? They, you know, walls was a protection, was a security for people um, of that of that um, um, society. You understand? So Jericho had a group of people then, and they had a wall to keep out people and to keep in their people, so that they could um, they could save or ration their resources like food or water or stuff like that. And if you wanted to conquer a city, first thing you do is just to lay siege and just to surround the wall that they can't go out. And very soon, the people would begin to starve on the inside and it's either they give up themselves or they die. You understand? So, so walls acted as a form of protection, but then it was the first thing the enemy would attack. Once you, got the, once you could get the wall compromised, you overcome the city. Um, so I remember there was... A, there was um, 
an episode of Game of Thrones that I watched. I think it was season one or two, one of those earlier episodes where um, I think it was Daenerys or so, where they were looking for for a place to settle and they went to one place that was full of intellectuals and I saw how 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 high the wall was. It was such a big, incredibly tall wall and um, you couldn't get in until you took permission. So I remember someone calling out of a gate and asking what their purpose was and stuff like that. That's how intimidating these walls were. So when we think of these walls, don't think of them as fences. They were not fences by... And the, the, the walls were like estates in itself. Very large, intimidating, thick stone walls. To pull it down was... was it's incredibly hard. And so there was a wall around this place called Jericho. And the Israelites destroyed that wall and burnt the city, burnt the gates. So, so Jericho was in ruins for a long time. Till this man, Hael, came and rebuilt the walls of Jericho and also rebuilt this, the town of Jericho. Um... But now, I want to go ahead to say what happened. When he laid its foundation, it cost him the life of his oldest son, Abiram. And when he completed it and set up its gates, it cost him the life of his youngest son, Segub. Now, this struck me. He said, after this man had completed this building of this wall, because it's the wall, when you say you rebuild a city, it's the wall they talk about. It's not the houses. That, that wall was so important. When you can raise the wall, you build the city. You understand? That's what it was. So when he said, when he laid the foundation of the wall and erected the gate, he did it at the expense of his oldest son and also his youngest son. Cost him a lot. Cost him a lot of sorrow. And um, it says it all happened according to the message of the Lord concerning Jericho spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. So I looked at that and I was like, what did God say concerning that wall of Jericho? It says in Joshua 6.26, it says, When Joshua, who was in charge of the army of Israel, when they attacked Jericho, when they broke down the wall, God told Joshua to lay a curse on it. And the curse he laid on it was whoever raises up these walls again and this city would suffer a loss of his first son and his youngest son. That's why that happened to Hael. Now, what I want you to know is the timeline. When Joshua laid this curse, it was 500 years before Hael. So this was a 500-year ruin that Hael erected. 500 years. That's a lot of time. That's five centuries. 500 years. That means 500 years. That ruin was so intimidating that nobody thought of going there to erect it. But Hael, for some reason, had the skill. Because to build a wall, you needed to have like some incredible project management skills. Project management, it took a lot of people. You need, you need to control and direct a lot of people to rebuild a wall. So obviously, Hael had incredibly had this incredible talent of project management for him to be able to get people to rebuild this wall. So he did it, 500 years um, um, ruins. 
And I'm sure a lot of people thought he was an incredibly successful man. I'm sure they must have been singing his praise. This thing ruined for 500 years and he built it back. Wow, what an incredible feat. He must have been celebrated. But it came as a devastating personal loss to him. Now, I want to talk about the Second War, which is the Wall of Jerusalem. Now, um, the Wall of Jerusalem, which is a pretty popular wall, even till today, um, also was destroyed by a group of people called the Babylonians. This was way after the walls of Jericho was destroyed. Now, they, they had this civilization called Babylon, ruled by a king called Nebuchadnezzar. They were the world power at that time, and they were taking over countries. So don't take over um, Israel, and which was Judah at that point in time. And so they compromised that, also that great wall of Jerusalem and broke it down too and burnt it down. And now, 200 years later, a man called Nehemiah also rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. So Hiel rebuilt the walls of Jericho. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Now, one was a 500-year ruin. The other was a 200-year ruin. And... Um, Nehemiah um, took up the responsibility, you understand, felt a leading from God to do this, and he committed to doing it, and he built the wall. Now, in contrast to Hael, after building that wall, Nehemiah got honor, no personal loss at all. No personal loss, no, no member of his family died, you understand. Instead, he got honor at the end of the day, and he also got a book in the Bible dedicated to him. Now, two men, two walls, two talented project managers. One did it, personal loss, almost forgotten, reduced to a footnote in the Bible. The other one did it, got a lot of favor and was highly respected by the people even Centuries later, people still know Nehemiah got a book in the Bible written by him. What was the difference? Because when you look at it, Hael's um, accomplishment was greater than that of Nehemiah. 500 year ruin. That was like, that means the world was undefeated champion for 500 years and Hael came and knocked it out. Nobody could do that thing. 500 years, it was an intimidating job. Nobody could do it. Nobody. But this man came and did it. 200 years, that's pretty impressive, but not as impressive as 500 years. Now, where I'm going with this is that some of you are going to go into this year with the wrong metrics of success by comparing yourself to other people that have the same skill as you. Remember, Nehemiah and Hayo were both talented project managers. Talented. They know how to coordinate people to be able to build back walls. Um, this kind of wall. Which I said these walls were almost like building back estates because they're not just fences. They had towers within them. You understand? It took a lot of management of people to do this. So they're both talented. So you are, some of you are going to go into the year, you know, compare yourself with people as talented as you and looking at the wrong metrics of success, which is achievement, the scale of achievement. So some of you are going to look at high L's in your life right now and just say, hmm, 
he's a designer, I'm a designer, but he made five million this year. I made five hundred thousand. He makes one million a month. I'm making only fifty k a month. And can and you're going to think I wish I were him. Compared to him, I have failed. Compared to him, my work is not as significant. And I'm sure if Nehemiah looked at you, I said, hmm, I all did better. You understand? But I, I, Nehemiah had the, the blessing of hindsight. But if they, were, if they looked at them in terms of who established, who did something grander, it was Hael. The problem with Hael's achievement was that it was not God-led or God-inspired. It was not God-directed. It was self-directed. He looked at it and said, this world should not be in ruin. I should build it back. I should take on this feat and do this. Nehemiah immediately heard about the world, went to God, prayed and fasted, and asked for God's favor. That was the difference. Look, don't go into this year comparing yourself with people and just saying, oh, we both started out the same way, we both do the same type of thing, but yet he has this many 500k subscribers, 500k followers. You know those numbers we kind of look at. And I have, I have just 20k. I have just 2k. I'm smaller than him. His achievement is greater. His salary is this. My salary is that much lower. He has a better year. No. Don't look at those things. It's not about the big achievements. It's about the right achievement. So you must not think about, about achievement as skill, as how big it is. You must think of achievement as obedience. Of how, how surrendered you were to what God wanted you to do. And that's why it's important to start this year with a relationship with God. Because there are a lot of people who you are looking at and they seem so big, but their work is worthless. In God's eyes, it's worthless. It's not just worthless, it's detrimental. That thing you're looking at, that 500k followers that you're looking at that they have, or that big salary you think they're having, or that endorsement deal that you're envying, is coming at a personal loss. It's bringing more costs than blessings. On the outside, all you might see, whoa, what a, what a great achievement. On the inside, they're crying. And you're envying them. I think you need to focus on your lane. And let it be you and God. Take some time. You and God. What does God want you to do? Stop looking at the numbers. Some of you have decided to stop doing some things. Maybe you were running YouTube channels, podcasts, um, running a training, um, giving to some people or stuff like that. And you're like, nobody's seeing this. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not getting any attention. You understand? No attention is coming. Nobody's following. Nobody's supporting. As a matter of fact, when I talk about supporting, Hayel built this wall of of Jericho and nothing recorded about any opposition he had no opposition he had express permission from King Ahab nothing nothing he had express permission I didn't even know it was from King Ahab but it doesn't record anything about his opposition it seemed like it was a smooth smooth um, project did it built it achieved it erected the gates Nehemiah on the other hand had great opposition incredibly great opposition that almost cost him some discouragement or caused the people that were working for him discouragement 
So the presence of opposition doesn't mean you are doing the wrong thing. So some of you might think, look at this other guy. Nobody's opposing him. His parents are agreeing with what he's doing or what she's doing. Everybody's in alignment. They're all supporting. They're sponsoring. For me, one opposition, one discouragement to the other. I must be doing the wrong thing. No. No. In the end, it's about the end. And I'll say that again. In the end, it's about the end. How it ends. Hayao didn't end in a good way. He ended up taking on, not, not, not making a 500-year achievement. He ended up taking on a 500-year course. Nehemiah, in the end, ended up getting an eternal value. Eternal for generations and generations and generations and generations after him. It's interesting what the last sentence in Nehemiah is, the book of Nehemiah. It says, Remember this in my favor, O Lord. Nehemiah presented all his work to God and said, Remember it in my favor. And God was faithful to him. Nehemiah is considered favorable when you read about him. People read about him in a good light. In a good light. Thousands of years after him. Some of the work you are looking at right now, it's not for you. It's for your children's 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 children. It might not blow up in your day. Children, 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 children will be like, oh, that was my great, 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 great granddad. Or great, 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 great grandmom. You understand? When you do God's work, you can boldly say, God, remember this work in my favor. It's not about the skill. It's not about the achievement. It's not about how grand the achievement is. It's about how right it is. Who's sending you out to achieve? Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop comparing yourself because you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. What they've lost. What they are losing. Don't get discouraged by your opposition because it's just part of your story. It's part of how God wants to show himself as God to prove to your opposition that he's greater than them. Don't think the person that has the smooth ride shows the hand of God and you that has like the checkered Tony path has God's wrath on him or on your life. Find out what God wants you to do this year. Do it. Don't forget about the skill. We are too too bent on how many people are listening, how many people are watching, how many people are liking, how many people are sharing. You know, those numbers, those numbers don't matter. What matters is what's in the heart of God. And is God pleased with you? And if he's pleased with you, in the end, he would remember you with favor. And I really hope someone finds some encouragement in this. So some of you might need to go back and dust up that, that project, that thing that God has led you to do. Dust it up. Go back to it. Go back to that wall. Some of you might need to leave that spectacular wall that you think you are building just because the numbers are favoring you. You must think, is God favoring me? Have I asked God if this is what I should be doing? Yes, I'm doing this job. They're paying me a very great salary. Everybody's celebrating me. I'm the first person in my house to get this job with this multinational. My first person in my family. First person in my family to work with a multinational and to get paid in dollars. They might celebrate, but you know the personal loss is coming out for you. 
destroying your relationship, destroying your health, destroying your mental health, your physical health. You can't sleep at night. You are making compromises. They might be celebrating you on the outside. But then, you know what's going on on the inside. Hahir was the one that suffered the loss of the, of the son, not the people of Jericho. Jericho of Jericho must have been happy. Someone built back a wall. So it seemed like a good project to other people, but it was a terrible project for the initiator, for the hero. He didn't feel like a hero at the end of the day. So think about it. Pray about it. Remember, let God lead your year this year. It's not hard. Just ask him. Just ask him. Just tell him, God, lead me. In my conscious and unconscious decision, let them be led by you. Let them not be inspired by comparison. Let them be inspired by compassion and by commission by you. You should commission me. Not comparison. And so, yeah, I hope this helps you as you go through the year to know that it's not about how big the achievement, but how right it is.